Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Overtime. I'm with myself, Mr. Fantastic. Just want to start off by saying thank you for all the support. It's been amazing. Thank you to everyone that's been watching. Keep on sharing. And today we're back with another banging episode. And of course, we have a special guest in the building. Um, it's a good friend of mine. We've got Dylan in the building. How are you, bro? Yeah, I'm blessed, man. How are you doing, Mr. Fantastic? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm blessed to have you here. It's a privilege to have you here. So basically today we're going to do what we usually do. We're just going to talk about um, your achievements, things that you've overcome um, through faith, really. And um, with the hopes of inspiring um, young people, inspiring people to reach out. Um, so, yeah. So what would you like to start on? What would you like to speak about first? Yeah. So, uh, well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm really, really privileged and honored to share my story. Um, I guess I should give everyone a bit of context as yeah. to who I am, where I come from, um, and you know how important my faith has been in all the achievements that I've made. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll talk about my, my family. I'm the British-born son of Congolese and Rwandan uh, refugees. Who oh, fled. you're from Rwanda um, as well? Yeah, yeah, oh, so nice. dual, dual heritage. Yeah, um, yeah so my, my parents, they actually fled the mm -hmm. genocide in 1924 yeah. oh, man. and um, yeah they were you know forged on the anvil of adversity they sacrificed a lot to get us here yeah to give us a better future and from a very young age they inculcated in me values of resilience and ambition they always taught me to uh, try to defy the, the status quo where possible yeah and you know, my, my dad he was he previously um, received an offer to study at Cambridge University uh, to study electrical engineering back in the 80s and um, but he, you know he couldn't afford it so yeah. he had to turn it down and you know he always encouraged me from a young age to to read widely he, uh, both both he and my my big brother would read to me um before going to sleep and you know that that th those values were really important to me growing up yeah and he, he also ran his own charity that um taught non-natives it skills and as a consequence that um, motivated me to pursue a career that had a, yeah. moral, a moral purpose. Uh, and then there's my mum who motivated me to uh, go to church from a very young age. Um, and you know, she's, she's always been very loving, very caring, very supportive of all my dreams. Yeah. Um, and you know, she, she's gone through a lot. So it was actually her side of the family that yeah. suffered uh, during the genocide. Um, and you know they were caught in the crossfire between the, the tensions between the Hutus and the, and the Tutsis, yeah. and she lost a lot of members uh -huh. on her mother's side. Um, but you know she came, she was very resolute, and both her and my and my dad came over here a few years before I was born. Yeah, and you know they set up shop, and uh, you know we we like I'm the youngest of five, so all my siblings um, will remember. Mm -hmm. that time and you know I, I would hear about the struggles they, they faced from a young age even even when they came over here it wasn't an, it wasn't easy at all uh, it wasn't smooth sailing um, you know we grew up in a low-income household in uh -huh. West London and uh, you know I went to a, a state academy and you know I had a lot of positive teachers who would encourage me to to look beyond limited resources mm -hmm. but then you also have those teachers who have very old-fashioned ideas of what it means to be successful especially yeah. in British society yeah so, I hear that 
you know, they would they wouldn't invest as much time in me um, because they didn't really see the potential in me, and you know that that could have crippled me. The times where I was told that going to top two universities like Oxford, Cambridge, UCL, um, you know, those were those were limited to a particular kind of yeah. student, mm -hmm. and I didn't fit that culture. Yeah. And you know, I could have let those words cripple me. I could have I could have let it dismotivate me. But I, you know, I come from a very resolute family, very resilient, as you can tell from my story. Uh -huh. And you know, I had already been attending church by that point. Yeah. And my faith was absolutely fundamental in um, not letting those discouraging words um, cripple me and 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 stop me from dreaming big. Yeah. And I was hearing in the church that look, if you use your faith, if you obey the word of God, if you submit to His will. And as, you know, as long as your dreams are, are aligned with, with his God's vision, plans, yeah. life, then you can achieve whatever you set out to achieve. Yeah. And, and that message was, was instilled into me and it carried me all the way to, you know, it's been carrying me um, um, throughout my entire life. And it was especially important um, in the last... 18 months uh -huh. where I set out to uh, raise over £60,000 in order to study law at Cambridge. Uh -huh. uh, so I did my first degree at UCL in history and philosophy of science. Had a fantastic time there. Uh, met incredible people. Yeah. And, and um, it was absolutely important that I, I did well during my time at UCL because it was because in order to meet the academic requirements, uh -huh. I, had to, I had to get a high 2-1. And so yeah, I, I applied to study the Accelerated Lord Program at Cambridge um, for students who already have a first degree in another subject. Yeah. And uh, so that, and I got my offer in December of 2018, so like in the middle of my third year at UCL. But then, you know, it, it became very apparent to me that I wasn't going to be able to meet the financial requirements in the usual way. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a, it's a second degree, it's self-funded, and there aren't any loans available. There are a few scholarships, yeah. and I've managed to secure a few, but it wasn't enough to cover the, the whole cost. Yeah, yeah the whole cost. Um, and it was incredibly challenging because, um, you know, I did a few paid internships, again, not enough. And so it was absolutely important that I, that I, um, got creative and started mm -hmm. strategizing and thinking of other ways to, to raise the amount. So I spoke with a, a good friend of mine, also a fellow Christian, Isaiah, and um, he, you know, he was in a similar predicament to me about two years beforehand, where he had to raise about the same amount um, to study at Harvard. Yeah. And he, so he, he appealed to, um, he launched his own fundraising appeal online, a crowdfunding campaign. And you know, I was so inspired by his by his grit, by his his determination, and um, you know, he was able to raise over sixty thousand in a very short space of time. So it took him about four to five weeks, and and so I you know, I asked him for advice, and we, we we brainstormed, we thought carefully about how I would craft my narrative, and I had to be 
you know, quite vulnerable and transparent uh, about, yeah. about my, my background, my family, my upbringing. And, you know, I, I didn't want it to be a sob story. I wanted people to understand that um, my ambition is to, is to serve, to serve others in my, in my capacity as a lawyer. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, my, my, my campaign attracted a lot of attention. It was um, really overwhelming. Um, uh-huh. and, and when I first launched in June of 2019, um, I did it for two months, and I raised about about thirty thousand, if you include the offline anniversaries yeah. and, and and donations. Um, but that wasn't enough for both years, so I had to negotiate with, with Cambridge and defer entry. And so, um, and and I think part of the reason why I didn't raise the full amount was because at some point I I was wrestling with a lot of self doubt. Uh-huh. You know, Despite all of my credentials, despite all of the things I had achieved in the past, um, I still needed to, uh, I, I still needed to do a lot of introspection and mm-hmm. understand um, that some of the, the criticisms that I was experiencing only signaled that I was doing something right, that I was yeah. doing something that that was going to be groundbreaking for a lot of people who still have very fixed ideas of what it means to be a Cambridge student or what it means to be a lawyer. You know, I had, I had people, some anonymous, some people that I, I know not very well, but yeah. you know, they're, they're in my network, who were very, very critical and very, you know, some people were actually quite nasty, but like, you know, I hope you don't go to Cambridge, um, burn in hell. You know, I had, I had wow. all kinds of horrible, uh-huh. horrible, uh, Things being said to me, and and I have to admit, you know, at some point it became quite exhausting. Yeah. It became, um, it became, yeah, quite exasperating, and you know, I lost, I lost sleep. I felt like I, you know, at one point I, I, I questioned whether this was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I, I, I took some time out, and during my, and during my, during the summer period of last year, I spent a lot of time. And really delving deeply into the Bible, into the Bible, and and thinking very carefully about what it was, how my campaign tied to a wider mission of you know of, of Christianity and what Christian of what my Christian principles, you know how, how my Christian principles have informed yeah. my decisions, and especially this decision to study at Cambridge because I think part of being a Christian is a big part of being a Christian is defying societal expectations yeah and and showing people that god is much bigger than than man yeah and and for lots of people you know going to cambridge is seemingly impossible for someone for someone in my position mm-hmm. someone who's a son of refugees someone who's black yeah. someone who's state educated um you know, I, I intercept various demographics. Yeah, yeah. studying at Cambridge is just a fleeting dream, a fleeting fantasy, and so um, it was so important for me to to really come back to myself, to to not let my emotions mm-hmm. uh, be amped up by social media. Social media has an incredibly toxic effect on people. Yes. Oh, it's um, yeah. it's mad. It's absolutely mad. Just yeah. thought. Just, I feel like even with. 
like what people like from what you're saying like some of like the responses in which people have I feel like sometimes people don't realize the effect in which their words have mm. I remember like years ago something that I heard and it sticks with me today it was yeah. actually from a um, I don't know if you ever heard of Skit Guys. They're like a Christian oh, yeah, yeah, YouTube yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. And they did one thing called Baggage and they said something along yeah. the lines of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the biggest lie we tell children. When I heard that, like, it's so true. Because we tell people, like, as a child, like, oh, you know, you go and tell your teacher, oh, he called me this word. Oh, words don't matter, but words have a huge effect on you yeah. mentally. And Sometimes people can just speak out of like, like for instance, like if you look at like, look at Twitter. Mm -hmm. People, I do it sometimes. Like when you get angry, you pick up your phone and you just tweet. Yeah. And people do that when they speak as well. Like they get mad and then they just talk. Mm -hmm. Make some people like could have came from a place where it's like, oh, they don't understand why you're doing it. Some people could have been upset because they're like, oh, damn it, I didn't have that idea. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And them expressing themselves, they don't have this knowledge of the effect it can have on the next person, mm -hmm. the effect that it can have on a certain individual. I remember um, Bishop, he once told me, he said, your words can lead someone to heaven or hell mm -hmm. just because of the amount of power in which it had. And something that you said, um, you said like when everything was happening, like you went to the bible like that's where you went when you were feeling this and i feel like that's also something where people kind of get lost mm. do you know what i mean like if because i don't obviously i don't know if it's if you would consider it something of like maybe well it was to do with your mental health would you would you agree with that yeah no absolutely absolutely yeah so like i feel like when like i feel like some christians especially like us young christians that like we have this taboo where it's like mental health and Christianity don't mix. Mm. Like you don't bring the two together. Mm. But the truth is there's Bible verses about God telling people yeah. not to be anxious. Yeah. So if the two do not mix, why is he then saying it in his word? Do you know what I mean? And the same way how word has power from this negative words that people are coming from outside, people forget that. All right, let me go and turn to the word of God. Mm. The word of God will then comfort me. The word of God will then fill me with strength with um wisdom with direction to to get back at it because from obviously you, you you made it yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean and i'm pretty sure that you turning to the word of god had a huge part Absolutely. to play yeah. and i feel like maybe if you didn't turn to the to the word of god maybe the outcome may have been different maybe you would have just said yo like the, um, however much you had raised at that point okay maybe that's enough mm. we'll sort out the rest later mm. let me stay off of this or yeah. you know maybe you might have even just given up on the whole plan but the yeah. fact that you turned to God turned back to the Bible turned back to the word which is something that was just so amazing yeah absolutely I think um, a lot of Christians um, neglect the importance of maintaining your mental well-being I think prayer and, and reading the Bible are, are absolutely fundamental, um, but you, you have to be quite deliberate and intentional about how you then apply that to being, you know, mentally in a good yes. place. And you, you need to be very specific about which verses of the Bible you're going to be constantly citing yeah. uh, when those moments come. Because if you think about how Jesus um, defended himself in, in, in the wilderness, when he was faced with all kinds of temptations. 
um, he was citing the Bible, and yeah. he was very specific on the verses. Which yeah. Bible verses he was citing. He wasn't just citing uh-huh. any random verse. Um, so he, you know, he was he was he backed himself. He, yeah. He was like his own advocate, his own lawyer, and you know, I'm, I'm actually in the process of launching my own brand called Dylan the Advocate because I think that word advocacy. It's, it's not limited to, to the courts of law. Yes. You, you know, you're constantly having to advocate your, for yourself in mm-hmm. interviews, in, in the workplace, among friends, among family. You're constantly having to advocate something um, and, and being able to do it from a place of humility, of compassion and, and wisdom. That's something that, that comes with training. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, you know, I had to sort of retrain myself and, and go back to first principles because this, was, this wasn't the first time that I had encountered an obstacle in my life. You know, yeah. People, I mentioned um, in, my, in my story, my backstory, you know, I, I've had all kinds of people try to, try to um, limit me and, and put yeah. these ceilings. Um, and so, you know, uh, and, and whenever that would happen, I would always go back to the world. But this was especially, this was a, a, an especially difficult case, but it was the same, I, I applied the same uh-huh, method. Yeah. And um, and and it, it, the result, you know, they yeah. speak for themselves. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely important in that we can't divorce mental health uh, from our Christianity. Um, in the same way, we can't really, we can't divorce any aspect of our life yeah. from our from our Christianity. And we need to we need to be able to have those conversations and be and be okay. open to that. Yeah, I just feel. But sometimes I'll I'll be very honest. I feel mm. like sometimes even like the church, we're not. Not just any in specific church, but just the church as a whole. I mm. feel like we're not really ready for that conversation about mm. mental health. Mm. I feel like it's kind of sometimes just brushed to the side mm. and it's like you overcome. But sometimes like we need to speak. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is one reason also why I started my podcast as well. Sometimes I just feel like I need to talk. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like I have a lot in my mind and I just need to put it out. And with this platform, with the podcast... I can I can speak. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can speak. I can vent. I can let it all out. Mm. Um, I even like, for instance, with me, I've I've suffered from from mental from mental health issues before. Mm-hmm. Suffered from anxiety for for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I remember I was suffering from anxiety. But I it's like I knew it was anxiety, but I didn't want to admit it. Because yeah. I'm like, no, like. Yeah. I have demons if I have anxiety, do you know what I mean? Like, now nah, something's wrong. So I was like, I didn't want to say it, so I was just downplaying it. I was just like, oh, I'm tired, like, let me just take a nap. And I remember like, there was one day I was at work, I literally had enough. Like, um, and I just, in the middle of like the day, I just stood up, just walked out of my office, and I, walk, I walked for like 20, no one knew where I was. <laughs> I left my phone, and I just walked, and literally at that day, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't keep hiding it, and I went to, I went to a pastor in my church, he sat me down and we spoke and his response was not what I expected. Mm-hmm. I was expecting him to be like, oh, like, there's something wrong with you. Like, yeah. you, like, you, like there's demons in you. He's just like, just like, pray about it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what do you mean? He's like, everything that you're feeling, mm-hmm. get on your knees and just let it all out to God. Just let it all out. And he told me, I guarantee you afterwards, you feel better. And that's something that I had to learn to do as well. Like when I started to feel anxious, when I started to feel a bit uneasy with my mental health, God's the first person I go to. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? God's my God's my shrink. Do you know what I mean? He's the one that I go to when I'm feeling uneasy, when I'm feeling low. I'm just like, yo, this is what it is. This is how I'm feeling. I need your help right now. And then he helps me to to overcome. He helps me to. He gives me that comfort in which I'm needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think two two other practical and coping measures that I've I've gotten into into the habit of of taking. Um, in order to maintain my mental well-being, um, one would be journaling, uh-huh. and and you know journaling is has been a tradition for for lots of people, yeah. um, lots of our ancestors, um, like intellectual ancestors, um, and it's and it's larger because it allows you to to chronicle your thoughts and and to register. Your, your feelings in a in an objective way so you're uh-huh. just like a lot of the times when you when you feel a particular way it, it feels as though that emotion that that state of being defines you yeah and that's not true of course because feelings emotions thoughts they, they they're, they're fleeting they pass away yeah and so if you're able to write it down and and talk about it as though it's this independent thing uh-huh. which exists outside of you um, then you're able to that then you're able to deal with it yeah. in a much more responsible way. Rather than reacting to it, you observe it from all angles and 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 you can park it, right? And 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 journaling is an amazing way to do that. Because often often our thoughts are very very erratic, especially when when there's a lot going on. And it can be it can be quite overwhelming, quite exhausting. And we're not thinking clearly. And so journaling, I, I normally journal at the start of the day and at mm-hmm. the end of the day I, I think about, I talk about, um, I write about things I'm grateful for, things that, I, that I, I hope to achieve today. And at the end of the day I'll think about, you know, what went well, what I could have done better. And, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time. Yeah. And, and when you look back on previous entries to your journal, it's just a great feeling to feel like you've you've progressed. Yeah. There's always something that you can be grateful for every single day, and it's not always something big. Um, it can be something as small as you know a cup of coffee that you had, you know that that, that felt that felt nice in the moment. Yeah. Um, just small things, mm-hmm. and and as, I think as long as you celebrate those small wins as well as the big wins, you all, all the noise that you, yeah. that, that you that's around you. It just it, it fades fades into the background. Um, and the second thing that's been incredibly useful, um, in fact, two other things, um, has been strolling, going for like an evening stroll or maybe yeah. a morning stroll. Um, for you know, it really does depend on, on what on your uh, your calendar and what you'd prefer. But I prefer doing it in the evenings um, because it's just it you know it helps me to. Um, prepare for the next day and to and yeah it's not it's not like I have to wake up super early and you know it's just it's just it's it's a very it doesn't require that much of a commitment yeah and you just go around just walking listening to a nice nice playlist and um, having a podcast yeah or, maybe or over time exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah it's just it's a great way to to just to to just reflect 
Yeah. Because I think self-awareness and self-reflection. It's very important. That's something that's important. That's something that I like, for instance, with me, one thing that I've like made a part of myself and I try to do as much as possible is um like self meditation. Mm-hmm. I, well when you say meditation it sounds like very like Eastern, Eastern philosophy. Yeah, philosophy. But it's literally just a thing of where sometimes I just so um a friend of mine he convinced me to wake up at five, so like that's what I do. And sometimes I just wake up, have a cup of coffee. Um, and I just sit and I just think, mm. I just think, think of, cause sometimes it's like you have a lot in your mind mm. and that can also trigger like anxiety as well. Cause it's like, there's so much that you want to do. So I dedicate like a little time in the morning where I just sit, have my cup of coffee and just think, mm. you know, just like, so what are we going to do here? What's our next move? Yeah. What are we going to invest in? All right, how am I going to, do you know what I mean? Where it's not a thing of where my process of thinking is rushed mm-hmm. and I can plan everything out yeah. and it, it gives me like a bit more of like an ease where it's like, okay, I kind of know more what I'm doing. I kind of have more of a plan. So it's like, anxiety can't really come if I'm, if, if I feel control. Cause anxiety, I can't remember who it was that said it, I heard someone say that anxiety is fear in control. Mm. When you fear something and you don't feel in control, that's when you start to get anxious. Because you're worried and you're like, I can't control this. I can't determine how long it's going to take for this to happen. And then that's when that, those feelings start to come and start to fester inside of you. But once you feel more in control with your thought, with your mind, it's, it just eases everything. But of course, the, the ultimate solution is Christ himself. Yeah. Getting that comfort from him. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. And um, you know, I think having those conversations with God... Um, are absolutely important and and to be just complete you know be completely sincere and just open about everything mm-hmm. just completely open and, and, and the other the other um, coping measure that I was going to mention was you know feel free to to speak with someone yeah like a physical being because it helps it helps to speak with God ultimately that's uh-huh. he's always going to be like the first go-to but sometimes it helps to also speak with someone who, whom you trust. It might be someone who you don't know, it's maybe like a therapist, maybe someone who, um, who's qualified to, to ask the right questions. Yeah. You know, some people think of therapy as, you know, as, like going to therapy as a sign of weakness. Uh, I, I tend to differ uh, uh-huh. in, in my view. I think therapy is extremely helpful in, in having someone who you, you know just can't judge you like they don't know you personally they don't have any yeah. personal ties with you um so you can just so so you speak with them and they, and they probe you know they're really good at probing they're really yeah. good at, at asking you the right questions and and it's about you figuring out what works for you but i think you know that's it is it's not something i don't see i, I don't see it as a solution okay. uh, but i think it's part of it, it should be part of some people's toolkit some yeah. people don't need it. They might have, you know, I don't have the luxury of having a um, partner. Yeah. I think my, my partner would definitely be that, but that, yeah. that kind of person, the person who I, I feel comfortable having this conversation with. Yeah. I even spoke about like the episode last week. I actually mentioned that and I was saying how, um, so we spoke about love. We had Herbie and Mia on the show. Yeah. And I was saying how um, it's nice to just know that going home to someone, can just hold you and yeah. love you and yeah. just hear you do you know what I mean we hear you out but obviously that's 
there's a whole more to, it's more to, like a relationship's more to that if you want to know more you guys can head back to the last episode mm. and then they speak about it in detail and stuff like that but yeah that's that's very true to just have someone there that you can that you can talk to because even like for instance with me when i was i was suffering with anxiety i i excluded myself from everyone around me i didn't want to speak and i feel like that's what caused it as well not caused it but it helped it as well do you yeah. know what i mean it helped the feeling of how, of how i was to fester and everything like that because i was not open to anyone like i even spoke to like recently i even spoke to my mom about like that whole um situation everything like that and she's like she can she could see with her own eyes mm. that something wasn't right with me mm. but she can't force me to speak she mm. can't force me to open up to her and it made her feel quite sad because yeah. she knew like she can see something's wrong with her son but there's nothing physically that she can do about yeah. it and you know overcoming everything it got me to a point where I realized that there's people in the world that actually love me. There's mm -hmm. people, I've become very close with my friends. Mm -hmm. I hated social gatherings. I go out with people, I spend time with people. And sometimes just stuff like that, it just makes you, it, it makes you feel normal. I don't know if that's the right word to use, yeah. but it just makes you feel normal. Yeah, like and you're in a good place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no, I, I think the, the other, I think you, you pick up on something really important, um, and the other reason why I think it's important for people to at least consider therapy if they, if they see uh, that their mental well-being isn't where isn't where they want it to be, because often when you do speak to people who know you personally, mm -hmm. they without even trying will somehow blame themselves for yeah. you being uh -huh. in that position or think that they had some part to do with yeah. when nine out of ten times that isn't the case. Um, so yeah, I think it is absolutely important to, to to at least consider other avenues. You know, have have like a holistic uh -huh. plan, plan of action. Um, but yeah, no, and I, I should talk about some of the other things that my campaign taught me. Yeah. Um, and you know, the reason why I, I think it was part of the reason why it was, it was so successful because the second time around when I launched this year in like May, um, I focused exclusively on the positive support I was getting. Yeah. Like even, even when I launched it last year, the amount of support that I was getting, positive support, was, it trumped all that negativity. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I but I, for some reason, I was um, taken aback by, by the negativity. This time around, I, would, I had paid no attention at all uh -huh. to the negativity. Um, and people, <laughs> it's funny because a few articles came out, you know, The Guardian, uh, BBC. Yeah, I, I remember Metro, like even like few, few people were seeing articles of you and they were sending it to me. They're like, bro, he's dead. <laughs> He's in the newspaper, and I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, we're just sending it to each other. I was like, yo, I want to be in the newspaper one day. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, you know, um, we all have a story to tell. And, and so I, I felt very comfortable sharing my story with everyone. Mm -hmm. But that obviously leaves you open yeah. to, to criticism. Yes. And, but this time around, I, I paid no attention at all. So that a particular article that, well, two, two articles that came out uh, by Legal Chief. So legal cheek is, is really is really popular, especially among lawyers and uh -huh. law students. Um, 
<laughs> and it's known for being quite gossipy, like evil. Yeah. Especially in the comment section, which is almost always anonymous. Uh, they'll just talk absolute rubbish. Uh -huh. And they'll, they'll say all kinds of horrible things. But this time around, I, I mean, even till today, I have not taken the, the time to, to look at those comments because it, yeah. it just, it means nothing to me. It means absolutely nothing to me. And I think it's important for, for all of us to be very selective with the, the, the things that we read, the people that we have conversations with. That, that's not to say that I'm not willing to hear out uh -huh. people. Yeah. But I expect a certain level of respect. Yeah. And if you're not willing to give me that respect, mm -hmm. you can forget it. Yes, yeah, true. Um, and yeah, so it was just, it was so, that was absolutely important um, because it just meant I could focus on, on, on the people that actually care about uh -huh. this course. And yeah, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I was really, really, really happy when I surpassed the target. Um, and, I, and I still had a month away from the deadline. And so, you know, it, it really taught me a lot about the importance of faith, the importance of resilience, the importance of, of first principles, you know, just understanding the reverses of the Bible that deal with these issues head on. And so you need to memorize them. You need to, those, those verses need to be embedded in you. Yeah. So that whenever you're faced with these uh, challenges, you're able to cite them immediately and, and nip, nip it in the bud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear that, I hear that. And I feel like one thing that came to my mind while you were speaking, um, something that I heard a couple of years back and um, it was a sermon from a bishop in Brazil and he's, he was basically speaking about the secret of success. Mm. And he said, um, and literally from what he said, I can like see it in what you did and like the actions in which you took. He said first to find your purpose, mm -hmm. find what you want, find what you love. Because obviously you can't do something that, that you don't want to do. Okay, cool, you found what you wanted to do. And then he said, now the second step is to strive to be the best. Strive to be the best, do everything that you can. And he said, the third and one of the most important things is helping others. He said, God will not give to you if you are not willing to then help others. If you're not willing then to grow his, his work, if you're not willing to inspire others. And from what you've done, I can, even if it's not apparent like now, well, obviously, I don't know, maybe you, maybe you can see, but maybe like the rest of us, like I haven't seen, people are being helped. People's eyes, visions are being open to say like, yo, look, if I really want to go to a top tier university. It doesn't matter where I grew up. It doesn't matter my cultural background. It doesn't matter if I want something, I can do it. And people, they tend not to try until they've seen. So now that they've seen you do it, they're like, okay, I can do this as well. Um, also, you said that um, before the, the podcast, we started recording, you were telling me about how you're planning to start up. Um, a charity as well yeah yeah mm -hmm. like for instance even that you you found what you wanted to do you're working towards it and it's not like like i'm not gonna i'm not here to talk bad about like people but certain people they find what they want find out okay i'm gonna this i'm gonna do that they put all their strength in but they don't care about those around them they don't care about putting other people on. Obviously, it's not saying that you need to put other people on, but even to just inspire others, they don't, they don't care. But I feel like once you do that and you do it with God, God's just going to be 
with you and he's just going to keep on pushing you, pushing you and just elevating you and opening so many doors for you. That is fantastic. Um, I, I think you, you summed up so well and, and it's funny you used the word elevate. That's actually the name of the charity yeah. that I'm in the process of uh, establishing. And, and the aim of the charity is very simple, is to help people who, who are in a very similar position to me, uh -huh. black, um, you know, who's met all the academic requirements to, yeah. to, to, attain, uh, to, uh, to study at these great universities. And all that's missing is, is, is the funding. Uh -huh. And so the aim would be to provide scholarships, um, full scholarships to these individuals. And, um, and yeah, I think I've made it very clear right from the start of my campaign that my aim uh, to be a lawyer is much more than just, you know, me being able to make a decent living uh, and doing something that I'll enjoy, you know, public speaking. That's something that I've enjoyed for a very long time. Um, but it's about being able to, to be a positive steward uh -huh. of social change. It's about being able to inspire others um, to pursue their, their goals, their dreams. And, you know, I've been working with a few charities, um, the Amos Bursary, the uh, Migrant Leaders, Aleto Foundation. These are all fantastic organizations that have inspired me to, uh -huh. to pursue my goals. And now it's my time to give back uh -huh. and pay it forward. Yeah, it's all, it's all just one cycle. Yeah. You inspire someone, someone else goes and inspires someone, and they just keep on going, 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 like that way, like that we're gonna make the world a better place. Um, Social Club said it, if we can't change the world, we're gonna die trying. Mm -hmm. And honestly, even like with the podcast as well, like I could have just had a podcast where I got my friends on, we just did banter. Like that's, that, that was my initial plan. That yeah. was the initial plan. Cause yeah. I'm, you know me, I like to make jokes. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm a bubbly. Like I feel like if you, I feel like when, when I tell people about my podcast, and what it's about, they're like, nah, not you. <laughs> now you can't do that. And I'm like, no, I'm being serious. Like, like the whole point is to like, you know, it's a very, not, not formal, but it's like very insightful. Like mm -hmm. we speak, get different people, talk about all these things. They're like, nah, nah, you're probably there like telling jokes. But the <laughs> we reason, <laughs> yeah, we can do both. <laughs> but it's a thing of where um, I wanted to do this because I even had a different project. I'm going to do it for the future. Mm -hmm. um, don't want to speak too much on that. When it happens, course, it happens. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yo, I'm going to start Overtime. And the reason why it is Overtime, the name is Overtime, is because I wanted people that worked hard to come on the show and to be like, look, if I did it, you can do it as well. I'm, I'm a Christian, mm -hmm. and I was able to achieve this through, with faith. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to. Because even, like, for instance, with me, like when I started um, the collective, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm the co-founder of the Big Fish um, Collective. It was like, first, it was just, yeah, we're a collective for um, creatives. Oh yeah, and we Christian. Mm. Like there was that and we, but then God was like, no, like you're gonna do this. Your plans will still, it will still be what you want, mm. but I will be in the middle. Mm. And through doing all of this, you're gonna open so many people's eyes because like, I feel like in the UK, Christians were, were kind of like, if we need to be successful, we need to not denounce our faith, but yeah. let me just put it to the side. Put it to the side People yeah. know I'm Christian because, you know, I don't, I don't do all of these things. Mm. Um, I was going to like go into specifics, but everyone's faith's different. So yeah. I can't say like, do you know what I mean? Mm. But no people, but 
I wanted to show people, I wanted to inspire people and be like, look, you can chase your dreams and you can have, like, you can scream Jesus <laughs> to the world and you can still make what you want to do. And it was, it was a pleasure having you. I really you so enjoyed um, the conversation. I feel like we spoke on a lot of um, interesting topics, a lot of important topics um, as well. And it was just an absolute pleasure. We're going to have um, the links to your socials everything um in the description down below make sure you get at him make sure you follow him when the charity starts make sure you guys get involved whatever um i, I don't know i don't i don't own a charity i don't know how it works <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you support the cause guys and um yeah um anything you'd like to say before we finish well no i i, I think we we covered all bases and I, i'm just i'm blessed and and very very uh, privileged to be to be on the show and I'm very grateful yes you gave me the opportunity to share my story thank you thank you um so thank you for another um guys listening to another episode of overtime uh, make sure you like comment share subscribe and see you guys next week bye